0: Welcome to LifeBeat. I'm your host, Chris Gass, Right to Life of Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. Joining us today is our Education and Events Coordinator, Emily Kroll. Emily. I don't oh. have anything special for you today.
1: Nothing special.
0: No. You're no. not whole, you're not mobile, no. oh, agile, yeah, and hostile I was, anywhere. I was
1: pacing last week. That's yeah. true.
0: Okay. Um, pacing doesn't work really well with a microphone that no. stands
1: there. Can I be? I'm sarcastic today.
0: The very sarcastic Emily Yes, call, that we'll works. do that one. Well, uh, we're going to talk about uh, blacklists and cancel culture. Uh, please don't cancel us. We're going to talk about a tax credit for unborn babies, but first we're going to talk about some legislation that got introduced this week and a committee hearing
1: the in very the Michigan next
0: House day. the very next day yeah. uh, called the Women's Right to Know Act. So Emily, the Women's Right to Know Act is uh, three of our bills that we have been working on for some time, and they all deal with that issue of informed consent. So in Michigan there was a long fight to get informed consent for abortion. If you go into any other sort of medical procedure, you get informed consent. Doctors tell you what's going to go on. Hopefully they do a good job of that. Um, but it is a expectation of every medical procedure under the sun, Emily. and. Doesn't the other side want to treat abortion as a medical procedure, right? They that's say they That's no are. different than any other. And yet getting them to actually talk about what an abortion is, what it does uh, to a woman is impossible unless you force them to do it legally. And so that's what we do in Michigan uh, because they don't want to do that. Because if a woman has to sit there and think about an abortion, think about the child think about what's going on, think about any potential risks she's less likely to do it. And Emily, my theory is the reason they hate that so much is not it's not so much a profit thing although that figures in. Abortion facilities want, you know, women have abortions because they make money off of them, especially the little indie clinics, not planned parenthood that don't have, you know, Half
1: Millions a, of tax dollar half money, a, half
0: a billion dollars from the federal government every year, but for the abortion side, the idea that a woman might change her mind, that is just like offensive to them. It, it, it like undermines the whole idea of abortion. Like how could a woman, like the, the idea that a woman takes this any more seriously than literally a blob of tissue, or a parasite. Like the idea that she can think about that and not want to do it. it really just undermines after she thought she needed an abortion just kind of undermines their entire worldview. I think
1: it's it's very strange. Um, buyer's remorse is a real thing. And these same people would say, In any other situation, they're going to be all about return policies. They're going to be, you read the reviews for everything you go and buy. Everything else, they're like, women need the information. We need the right to choose. You know, if your jeans bleed too much in the washing machine and the color gets over everything, people get angry about that. But somehow, they don't seem to want women to know that, you know, this procedure could potentially kill you.
0: You just don't think too hard about it. That's the whole abortion issue. That's the whole abortion side in a nutshell. Wait, wait, don't, don't think. Don't think too hard about it. Yeah. Because when you do, that's when it starts to break down. Um, anyway, the Women's Right to Know Act is a combination of three bills that would beef up our informed consent in Michigan. And we're going to go through each of the three and what they would do. They are, uh, we'll go in order of importance, I would say. The abortion pill reversal, very important. Uh, they would also help inform women about prenatal diagnoses, uh, about the information that they get. And then the third part of it is
1: miscarriage awareness.
0: miscarriage awareness, which is a little difficult. We'll save that to the end to kind of understand. But I think when we explain it, you're going to have, hopefully have a, oh, an aha moment. Uh, So first of all, abortion pill reversal. Um, Emily, of course, when you take an abortion pill, it is uh, two drugs. Uh, One, the first drug is called uh, Mifepristone, also called RU-486. It's also called the abortion pill, chemical abortion, whatever you want to, medical abortion, whatever you want to call it. Um, What it does is it robs the child of progesterone. So the the lining of the of the uterus that is the child is developing in breaks down the child essentially starves to death, dehydrates to death. Um and then the second drug of the abortion pill regimen is uh misoprostol which is basically to get in contractions and induce, you know, finish finish the the mi- inducing the miscarriage as they might say, but you know, finish the death of the child. So the woman takes two pills. After she takes the first pill, there is an opportunity to reverse that abortion, Emily. And that is just using a very simple thing, a progesterone injection, which is a very common uh, thing that has been used for decades for uh, women who maybe are in danger of suffering miscarriages. Um, You know, it's not... uh, strange, weird chemical concoction. It's a hormone, uh,
1: that her body is already uh, producing, are you producing
0: that the abortion pill is blocking? Uh, so if a woman takes the first pill and doesn't take the second pill, there is still a chance that the abortion will not complete. There's a fairly high percentage, 85%. So yeah, there's a 15% chance, uh, that your child will survive. If you don't take the second pill, which starts to induce, um, you know, the contractions. Uh, but if you take this uh, progesterone treatment for pregnant women that, again, has been around for longer than I've been alive, yes. um, I believe their success rates were about it's, 70%. It's
1: up where a conservative guess is about 50%. And it all depends on how quickly you can get the progesterone injection after taking the abortion pill. The, f- the sooner you get the progesterone reintroduced into the woman's body, the better likelihood of saving the child is.
0: Right. So uh, what this bill would do is it would inform women that there is an opportunity to reverse your abortion. And so uh, if if women were wanting to do that, she had second thoughts. There is a website, uh, you know, abortion pill reversal. It's just a network of board certified, experienced, practicing, licensed, right, licensed yeah. OBGYNs, who in their normal practice are prescribing progesterone to women who may be, you know, in danger, of experiencing miscarriages, and who would also be able to, uh, you know, look at that case and decide if there's still a chance. And so, you know, increasing that 15% chance to as low as 50, as high as 70% chance of saving the life of the child—that's huge. Um, and women should know that that exists. You know, the entire—why would people who say they're pro-choice, Emily, be threatened by the idea? that uh, there's a treatment that might reverse the abortion, Emily. It's because they don't want women...
1: To have choices.
0: To have choices. They don't want women to decide. They don't, they want, they don't want women to be able to come back and regret it. They, they don't want that talking point out there that, yes, women can regret their abortions even before the abortion's done. And, uh, oh, now there's a way that you might be able to reverse it. And, of course, the abortion pill is their big push Up to, you know, more than 50% of abortions now in the state are the abortion pill. As we've said on the podcast many times, it's cheap for them. It's easy for them. They don't have to deal with, uh, you know, the post-op recovery situation. You know, they're not the ones having to dispose of the child. Uh, You know, they just send you some pills in the mail. You send them money, and then the woman is dealing with all the consequences herself. So the first part of that bill is good. Very good. Right? Well... What now? What now? What Emily did? Our one of our wonderful state representatives, Lori Pohatsky from Livonia, say about this part of the Women's Right to Know Act?
1: It's it's very interesting. I'm just going to read her her whole quote about this. So, she says, "People have had heavy bleeding. They've been ho- hospitalized. So why would we require medical professionals to offer information about an unproven?" untested and potentially unsafe course of treatment. I don't want to even call it a treatment. Why would they offer that up if it's so dangerous that we can't even study it?" It's fascinating because she starts out with listing these potential symptoms of giving, you know, women a natural body hormone, but the the symptoms she lists are actually symptoms of the abortion pill itself, so heavy bleeding, the need to be hospitalized, Um, 24, at least 24 women have died in the United States from the abortion pill. Uh, Heavy bleeding... Well, I don't
0: even want to call that a course of treatment, Emily, then.
1: I don't want to, no. No, but it's just so the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists did a study in California a year and a half ago that found the abortion pill is four times more dangerous than a surgical abortion. So her entire argument that there's, that there's symptoms like bleeding and possible, possible hospitalization, she's listing the symptoms for the abortion pill. So it's obviously a scare tactic. It's completely false. Those are the symptoms of the first thing that the, that the woman would have done. Um, the The whole too dangerous to even study it. That's completely false. It goes back to a study again by the very, very, very pro-abortion. American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Everything in her statement is false.
0: So so just a little backstory about the study she's referring to. So uh, the doctors who uh, developed this uh, abortion pill reversal released a study documenting their findings. um, And the key, of course, was going to be, you know, what's the percentage success rate? And their study found a very high success rate. Um, Of course, they didn't find... uh, you know, a bunch of tragic um, side effects, because again, progesterone is an FDA approved treatment for women using it off label to prevent a induced miscarriage, quote unquote, instead of a, you know, a natural miscarriage is not like it's a crazy off label use. Um, What the pro boards tried to come back with is their own study to show it didn't do anything. And what they did is they were giving women, you know, the regular abortion. This is a sick study. Yeah, it is. So so the premise of the study is we're going to give the women the abortion pill. Some of them are going to be reversed and some of them are going to be given a placebo. Yeah. Like, so your child might die or they might not die, yeah. you know. It's just whatever, you know, just luck of the draw. It was which, a
1: highly professional study, study. group you're
0: in. Um, and they had to stop it after a few because they had intense bleeding and... As any woman who has had the abortion pill as an abortion or even pro-abortion advocates who've had an abortion pill, abortion will tell you the bleeding, massive and unpleasant.
1: And can last up to three months.
0: One lady that, uh, one woman that I knew in college who who did it uh, and her roommate described it as her on the couch moaning and bleeding for an entire week. Yeah, and and so they tried to do this study, but they didn't get very far, and they had to cancel it because women were having side effects from the abortion pill. Yeah, but they tried to spin that as, oh, it's it's dangerous if they don't complete the abortion. Um, but uh, it's, the the
1: complication rate right. was lower for the women given the progesterone than the women who were not. So the entire thing is just propaganda. It was an in enough. In an unethical study, because I can't speak right now, and the whole the the study proved that progesterone was effective in reversing the effects of the abortion pill. Oh and
0: yeah, the and story, the study itself, yeah, yeah. Even the, it was even though they only did, I think it was like twenty women or something. It was like yeah. so tiny, but even that showed that it was actually effective. Yes. So, but they spin this little study of twenty people that they canceled because women were getting sick from using the abortion pills dis it's disproved it and it's true it's dangerous you know that i think people hopefully now i don't want to get too deep into the coronavirus pandemic debate and all that but i hate, i hope people now have a greater understanding you know you look at the masks the masks were everyone said everyone was told the masks were bad because they wanted to save the expensive uh you know the expensive masks for hospital employees so they purposely told people masks were bad, and they went later and told people masks were necessary. Um, people speculated that the coronavirus was leaking out of leaked out of a lab in China because that's where the city had happened, and then everyone they said, "Oh, that's inconvenient politically." So social media started banning it, and all these researchers we're hearing otherwise, we're telling people blatant lies about it. And now after the fact, we're coming back to, oh yeah, maybe it did kind of, you know, and I hope people are starting to really understand that science as everyone loves, you know, I effing love science and and, uh, that is more advocacy when you hear about it in the news than it is actual, we're testing hypothesis and we're finding a result. And that, you know, there have been so many examples of studies that have been accepted as true in social and the hard sciences where the results were not reproducible, which means that the original results were bunk, that people have accepted as truth and this is what science says. Um, There are these organizations with these leaders who have political concerns and people with political issues, that talk in their ears about things. And it, it's so very political, and it's it's all about nudging people and, you know, trying to get people to behave how we want, so we're going to nudge them, even if it's with a lie or half-truth, or we're not going to report on this, or we are going to report on this. It's so manufactured and arbitrary that people just need to have a BS detector on 100% now, every time they hear something. Um, and just because one study says something... It's not the gospel truth. Just because you studied 20 women showed that the abortion pill reversal actually led to fewer completed abortions and some of those women got sick from the abortion pill. That does not mean the American College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists, which sounds like a, such a austere and noble group of researchers discovering you know, advances of great benefit to the human race, can just run around and then just poo-poo on informed consent bills. Anyway, okay. Moving on. Moving on.
1: Yes, let's do that.
0: (laughs) Um, The second part is the prenatal diagnosis awareness. Uh, So there's so many stories on our website. You can go to our real life stories section on RTL.org. So many... Women, when they get a diagnosis back that their child may have a serious condition or disability. Sadly, we know that time and time again, they get negativity. You know, the doctors say things like, not to say, I'm so sorry, that situation would be inappropriate, but the negativity and the pessimism is intense and it's almost immediately followed in many cases by suggestions for abortion or even When are we going to schedule your abortion? Just Mm -hmm. assumptions. Um, Doctors, nurses, well, doctors failing at their, and genetic counselors failing at their fundamental duty of of informed consent um, and not providing women with up-to-date information. Because let's keep in mind, doctors are human beings. They have a lot of paperwork. They have a lot of patients. They have a lot of patients that come in with a lot of silly issues and they spend a lot of time dealing with that than other things. They don't always have time to stay up to date on rare diseases and conditions because um, they have to know a million things. You know, They're not going to know 10 things really, really well. They need to know a million things uh, in the course of their work. So what this bill would do was it would simply require that women who get these diagnoses to be given a information or a website where that would be created by the state, and would be populated with up-to-date, accurate information about the condition that their child has, as well as providing, and this is critical, support groups. I'm sure most people listening to this can relate. Dr. Google is a doomsayer. <laughs> Googling your symptoms, you know, is not a great idea. Um, it always, what, goes it always
1: goes to the worst always case.
0: That's what doctors are for. Uh, and then after that, Um, The one thing you can find, which is pretty helpful online, is usually there is a support group. There's someone you can talk with who's lived that situation. And a lot of, you know, couples, women, whatever, that get these diagnoses, they feel really alone and isolated. But there's plenty of people out there and plenty of resources out there they just don't know about. And so the second part of this bill would help with that.
1: Just give information.
0: And would hopefully save a lot more lives. Because, you know, we know that... In those situations, women have abortions because they just, they don't think that there's any hope or they don't know what they can do. They haven't heard things like perinatal hospice, you know, hospice for women and their children and, you know, the dads and families and just like hospice, but in that situation. Um, And perinatal hospice is is a newer thing, and I think it would be great if there was more of it, uh, but you got to get the word out about it for people to understand that it's out there. Um, and is a much better option than taking the life of a child because we don't brutally take the life of people, you know, with an end stage cancer diagnosis or renal disease, you know, um, certainly we don't tear their arms and legs off. No. That's bad. And the third part of the bill um, is this uh, heartbeat miscarriage awareness. So uh, we'll try to get th- through this quick because we've been talking about this a long time, but it's a... It's It's important. It's an important bill, and there's a lot going on. So uh, when a woman goes in to have an abortion, especially at the cheapy little indie disgusting clinics, they're going to give her a pregnancy test. It's positive. They're going to schedule her for an abortion. They're going to do the mandated informed consent, whatever. Um, You do the mandated waiting period. They better do it or else. And then um, she comes in for the abortion, and they do it. They don't necessarily perform an ultrasound, uh, a visual ultrasound or a Doppler ultrasound that detects the heartbeat. Um, For the abortion facility, they got a pregnancy, they got a positive pregnancy test. That's good. They're going to do an abortion. Now, I don't have statistics on this, but we do know and we have heard stories from abortion facility owners who said that they don't really ask a lot of questions and they just do abortions. I've even heard stories of doing abortions on women who weren't even pregnant, but they thought they could sell them to her. So how widespread is that? I don't know. But if you think about it, there is a, I don't want to say high miscarriage risk, uh, but there's a lot of miscarriages it, and it's pretty
1: high it's 15 right. to 20% before 12 weeks.
0: relatively high yeah and and that's after so getting just a positive pregnancy test does not necessarily mean that that um, pregnancy is gonna go all nine months and you're gonna have a birth the, the, there's a high chance that the child might die um, very early on in that pregnancy and so just by basic math we know that there's a lot of women who've had abortions, who they just had a positive pregnancy test and that was it. And they've been given abortions, even though they were probably, they might have, they're going to go on to have a miscarriage or had already had a miscarriage. And so the numbers on that, you could infer would be, you know, probably not as high as 15% of women who've had abortions as in, you know, which, which would be the general population, the miscarriage risk there. But, um, comparable to that number, so if, even if it was 5%, even
1: if it's or 1%. 5, if it's 5% even, you're looking, last year in the state of Michigan, if this was 5% of the women mm-hmm. getting abortions before 12 weeks, it would have been about 1,300 women.
0: Yeah, the numbers add up. Yeah. If, if it were 1%, and we're talking about 60 million abortions, that is, uh, that's going to be what? That's 600,000 women... Who have had abortions since 1973, who their child wasn't alive when they actually had the abortion or was only going to live for perhaps a few more days. It's so that 600,000 women with an abortion on their conscience. That's abortionists with money from 600,000 more women. That's uh, family members of those 600,000. Um, for For nothing. For nothing. Uh, and so all this bill would do is it would require the abortionist to use a Doppler ultrasound to try to find the heartbeat. And uh, if they're not willing to do that, at least provide the women with up-to-date information on the, the risk of miscarriage uh, and give the woman opportunity to come back to get uh, an ultrasound if they want to actually hear the heartbeat. So basically it's just informing women <clears throat> whether or not their pregnancy is actually viable, whether the child is actually alive, um, before they go through with the abortion. And so just that alone could have an impact in saving saving lives from women hearing the heartbeat or, uh, you know, women not going through abortions because I don't want to ever call an abortion necessary, but because it was unnecessary. Well, and, it, certainly... and that's the
1: thing. An, an abortion is taking the life of a child. If that life has already expired, it is not an abortion. Right. If the baby died of natural causes... The woman is being told that she intentionally took the life of her child, which is not true. And so you have these women who go 20, 30, 40, 50 years thinking with guilt and all of the issues, depression, addiction, all of the problems that we have seen have come out of this. There are women who have needlessly suffered through that because their child had already passed away due to natural causes. But the abortion industry wanting an extra 500 bucks went in there and said, Oh yeah, we'll kill your baby.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just to wrap that up, uh, this bill is got a committee hearing. And so, um, you know, the legislature's going to break for the summer, but hopefully they'll take it up uh, in the fall and pass it. If you want more information about it, go to our website, rtl.org. Uh, really quick. There was also uh, another bill of ours that passed a tax credit. A small tax credit for uh, unborn children um, that passed and uh, that's gonna have to go through the Senate and that's gonna, again, have to be in the fall. Um, But you can find information about that, again, on our website. Uh, Just a little way to help people because uh, they have pregnancy-related expenses, you know. We have a tax credit for birth, but there are plenty of pregnancy-related expenses, so a little tax credit for unborn children goes a long way.
1: And a little sneaky way to get a pro-life cause in there because, you know, if you're giving a tax break for a child before it's born, you're obviously qualifying it as a child.
0: There you go. All right. Uh, last thing we were going to talk about, uh, so we don't have uh, but two or three minutes, but thought it was interesting to mention. So Catholic News Agency did a story about Argentina. So Argentina legalized abortion through 14 weeks, Emily, and as the United States Supreme Court is considering a ban on... 15 weeks. Yeah, abortion. The abortion industry was so happy about Argentina, Mm -hmm. yet that's way more restrictive than the United States. Anyway, um, a bunch of journalists funded by Planned Parenthood uh, decided that uh, now that they have won in Argentina, they need to go around and shoot the wounded Mm -hmm. and create a... Blacklist of anyone who has advocated for pro-life stuff at at any level. Um, So Emily, you know, I you think about you don't hear about the name so much anymore. But Joe McCarthy, who created the list of communists in you know the 1950s and the House Un-American Activities Committee, um, and people are still there's some people still mad about that and talk about how these blacklists were the most horrible thing ever. And yet, Emily
1: They're going to they make a they, blacklist. they
0: the people who might be caught up in such blacklists are only too happy themselves to make the blacklist. Their problem, Emily, I think in Argentina was they were uh, premature in doing that, and I think they overestimated the amount of public support for abortion. And so they decided to take their blacklist down after a lot of criticism, but just something to keep in mind. I don't want to discourage anyone from being pro life. Obviously, you're advocating it. But just to give you an idea of the character of the other side, again, they talk of choice and choice, 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 and do whatever you want, believe whatever you want, but they don't really mean it. If you actually believe the unborn child's a human being, uh, if you refuse to want to participate, I don't want to participate in abortion, I don't want to choose to have to force to fund it i don't want to choose to have to force to celebrate it they are just not going to accept it i want to choose to send a different message i want to choose to help pregnancy women through pro-life pregnancy centers i want to choose to do all these other things you accuse us of hating women and not supporting them i want to choose to give them money to support them the other side doesn't like it
1: no it's the height of hypocrisy so if they
0: didn't have double standards they wouldn't have standards at all emily
1: yeah yeah, I mean, personally, I am working diligently to be put on a, the Planned Parenthood blacklist. <laughs> um, I would be okay with that because that would mean that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I think it's a compliment, really, to be put on their blacklist. But it just, again, it just shows that they're hypocrites.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll be on a blacklist someday ourselves. Maybe
1: we already are. We at
0: least, maybe we are. We don't even know it yet. But uh, don't let that persuade you otherwise from doing good work because saving a life is something that... uh, It's worth it. It's worth it, absolutely. All right, that's all the time we have for this loaded edition of LifeBeat. Join us again next week for our monthly Faith in Life feature. Have a wonderful and hopefully a little drier... Or not, Emily.
1: I like the rain.
0: Hopefully a little drier weekend. We'll catch you next Friday.